Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Man, it's good to see you guys today. You doing all right? Yeah? All right. Uh, we are in... Well, let me, before I get into this, let me ask you something. How many of you doing, did your homework? No, keep your hand up. I need to see because I got a bunch of rebellious church people up in here. Now, I know some of you are like, well, I didn't know nothing about it. Well, that's okay. I mean, there are, you understand there's no condemnation if you're in Christ. But I want you to understand something. When I give you homework, it's for a reason, man. God will show you something because what I'm going to preach about today, if you had done your homework, I know some of you think, well, Pastor, I know Matthew. You're adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I've had pizza before. I'm going to have it again. This is the thing about the, we talked about this last week, remember? The Word of God, it is designed, it is built in such a way that it is progressive in its revelation. The more you see, the more you're going to see. But you got to get into it to see something, right? And we titled our talk Commissioned because the, the, the meaning is simply this. It is someone that has been entrusted with supervisory authority. Say, I got authority. Now, you, you may not have authority over the person sitting beside you, but you have been given super, supervisor authority to operate in the kingdom of heaven to do the things, the, the, the requirements, the actions, the assignment that Jesus has given you. And if you're here this morning, you're thinking, I, I don't have an assignment. No, rephrase that. You just haven't discovered yours yet. You have one. The moment you're born again, you have an assignment. It's just your job to hang out with Jesus long enough to follow him. Let's, let's, let's go, Matthew 28. This is our foundation that we're building this talk on. And, and scholars call this, theologians refer to this as the Great Commission, right? Jesus is speaking now. As we talked last week, now keep this in mind, and this is one of the things, and this is why I encourage you and give you homework, because what I would love for you all to do is practice Joshua 1 when you get into the Word of God. Take your time, meditate the Scriptures, allow your Holy Spirit-inspired imagination to take you there. Be in the room. Be on the road with Jesus. See, stop, and look, and through the Word of God, the, the Bible is a book of vision, Watch Jesus do things. This group that he's talking to, the 11, in verse 16, you have to understand, now he's risen from the grave. I know we're all cool with that today. But they're in the room with the guy that was dead yesterday. And he's talking to him, and he says this. Uh, well, first of all, when they saw him, before he got to talking, the Bible says that they worshiped him, but some doubted. Still the same today. See, if you ever find yourself doubting, well, then you're in good company because people doubt. Are you with me? We do. There are, there are things that you will see in the scriptures. There are things that you have experienced that you go through that will challenge and, and really lead you to doubt. And so it's important that we have this foundation of truth so that... Uh, you can move past the doubt. That's what Jesus' word will do for you. And so Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is, here we go. And you teach them to observe all things that I commanded you. You teach them. He's telling the, the first disciples to go make more disciples, and you teach them everything he taught you. See, this is our, nothing's changed. God still is expecting us to teach people what he teaches us. See, and the thing is, that I really want you to, to get this concept today. Our assignment isn't just telling people that Jesus offers humanity eternal life and escape from hell. It's much more than that. It's really our, our role is to extend his lordship to society. By a, a Holy Spirit-empowered church, they can see Jesus in you and me. What do you think about that? Is that a radical thought? That they see Jesus in you, your family. Your, now listen, I'm not talking about you trying to impress them with your theology. That's not, I mean, the, the Pharisees of Jesus' day, guys, they knew the word of God better than anyone. And my man stood right in front of them. Derek, and they, they couldn't even see him. He even got the book of Isaiah out and read from it in the church and said, hey, guys, this scripture, this is me. And they still, no, matter of fact, they wanted to kill him. See, our, our role is this, when we begin to, to follow him, creating disciples, openly acknowledging who we are, openly acknowledging our allegiance to Christ, embracing the fact that all the commands that Jesus gave his first disciples, they're, they're, they're just as much a reality for us today. God hasn't changed. You all know that, right? You sure? Because I'm going to show you some things this morning that's going to stretch your faith a little bit, that's going to challenge your thinking a little bit. You remember Jesus made this statement in the Gospel of John. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Michelle, I love that shirt you had on today. It's real simple. I am a Christian. See, if I, if I told you I'm an electrician, I have a special assignment for doing electrical. If I told you I was a magician, I would have an assignment doing magic. If I was a musician, well, I am a Christian. I specialize in Christ. You should. We should specialize. In, and I'm not talking about some secret agent special. I want you to be, now not haughty and loud, but I want you to be vocal. Be bold in who you are. Embrace the fact that you are one of his. Remember Jesus said this in John, anyone who believes in me, not anyone who attends church regularly, not anyone who ties or does Bible studies, you got to believe this stuff, man. You got to believe it. Anyone who believes in me and the stuff I do, you can do it. Now, who said that? Now, was he playing mind games? Did he, did he just mean, well, this, this lower level stuff, Rose, you can do that, but some of this stuff, this is just me and God. Don't y'all try this at home. No, man. He was the first. He was showing us what to do. Paul's, Paul, in his letter to the New Testament church, takes us even a step further, and he says this, guys, you all imitate me like I imitate him. Parents, I don't know if you know this or not, but your kids tell on you all the time. And they didn't, they didn't mean to tell on you. They just tell on you because they acting like daddy or mama. Yeah, more things are caught than taught. 
Paul says, you imitate me. You watch what I do and then you do it. See, it's important that we understand that we've been commissioned by the Lord to carry out his mission on the planet, to do the things he did, to follow his example, to imitate him. I wonder how many of us actually imitate Jesus. Or, or, or do we practice our denominational philosophies? Do we, do we push our religious agenda? Huh? See, as with everything that you've you got to realize, and this is one of the things we highlighted last Sunday, everything that pertains to God, heaven, eternity, all these things, the principles that govern those truths about Christianity are all established through faith. And the foundation of faith is God's word. One of my favorite examples is in the book of Acts chapter 17. The Bible tells this story that there was this group of believers, and it says this, that they received the word of God with all readiness, and they searched the scriptures daily to make sure that what Paul was teaching was truth. You want to know why I give you homework? Because I want you to search the scriptures daily. So that it's not just what my preacher said, but it's your revelation. That's the thing. My revelation won't help you. I can tell you all that I know about Jesus and how awesome he is and all the great things he's done for my life. And, and you're like, yeah, great, that's awesome. But that won't help you any. You, you, want, you want to get to the place where you can say, this is what Jesus is doing. This is what Jesus is saying in my life. This is why you have to have that foundation of the word of God. Second Peter says God has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, what's the them? The promises. Y'all got any promises that you're standing on? Some of y'all old school, I, I, I never really got to sing it because I, I didn't grow up in church. Standing on the promise. I know, I know you know. <laughs> old school. I'm not saying she's old school, just the song is. <laughs> you got to tread lightly with that, right? Yeah. Are you, are you standing on any promises that God has given you? Remember last week we were talking about this, this, this thought that a lot of the people you meet, oh, you believe in stuff you can't see? They don't realize how ignorant they are when they say stuff like that because if you see it, there's no believing necessary. I see it. I see you. <laughs> what do you actually believe that you're convinced of today? One of the most foundational truths about the Bible is this. It establishes that way of life. It is... It, Look at it like this. The Word of God is this living kind of a continual unfolding of a revelation of who Christ is to you in your life. That's why I encourage you to get in it. That's what he was talking about in Joshua. He said, Joshua, I want you to meditate in my Word. Now, that word meditate, that's seeing, not with physical eyes. That's seeing into another dimension. You're meditating. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the room. You're on the road with Jesus. You're like, man, Jesus, did you not put the deodorant on this morning? See, I know everybody thinks Jesus walked around with this little halo like they paint in those old school pictures. Man, he was a human. He had jacked up hair. Because, I mean, look, the dude had some hair. If you look at all the drawings, I mean, nobody really knows. But So you know some days it was all nappy and messed up when he got up. Right? He wants us to follow him in every aspect. I guarantee you Jesus had fun. You know, because the joy of the Lord is your strength, and he's the strongest person I know, so you know he was full of joy. You know, you know sometimes some of the things that Peter did, Annie, you know he laughed. You know Jesus laughed, like, dude, man. <laughs> he probably like, Gabriel, Michael, did you see that? <laughs> see, I need, I need this stuff to be real to you, not just a sermon. 
I need heaven and the kingdom of God and the realities of that, not just to be some faraway Disneyland thing that you're going to go to one day because you're saved up. No, you live. You're born of that kingdom now. And see, God knew that humanity, without inspired revelation directly from him, we are left with our intelligence. Matter of fact, I think the proverb says it like this, where there is no vision. Oh, y'all know that. God's people perish. Where there is no divine revelation from the Father to his people, they're left on their own. And that's the danger, and that's really the slippery slope that we've been really kind of invaded today in this culture that we live in with this explosion of information. We think because we've accumulated some information that we've arrived. See, but if you'll allow God's word, and this is why I'm always pushing be a student of the word, not ever, not, never out of some legalistic religious thing, never that garbage, relationship. You take the time in Matthew. See, this is what we're getting ready. We're getting ready to go through some of Matthew and look at Jesus. And Daryl, we're going to watch him closely, man. We're going to listen to how he responds to situations. Because God knows if you'll take the time in the word of God, what the word of God will do according to the book of Romans is it will transform, your, transform you from the inside out. The word of God will, will empower you to change how you think. And here's what I've discovered over my years as a pastor is this. You change the way a person thinks, you change the way they believe. You change the way they believe, you change their life. See, guys, this is really, at the end of the day, this is really what repentance is. It's changing how you live. It's, it's yielding to God's divine, Holy Spirit-inspired guidance. And one of the most amazing things about God's plan from the beginning is he chose, I, I love this. I mean, I am a perfect example of this. God chose to use everyday people like you and me to advance the kingdom. He commissioned us with supervisory authority for a specific assignment. So when you're open to his guidance, don't ever underestimate what he'll do through a person, one individual. You know, we've talked for months about how God will use one person. And, and, and I was meditating on my uh, uh, you know, notes this morning, kind of thinking about our, the, the sermon. And uh, the story of Naomi and Ruth came to mind. Pretty cool story, really, because uh, Ruth wouldn't leave her mother-in-law. And so they get back into their homeland and Ruth is, I mean, they're, 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 they're in poverty and they don't know what to do. And Naomi says, go to this field. I mean, you've got to watch how God orchestrates stuff sometimes. And Ruth goes to this field and she's gleaning, picking up scraps and leftovers. And the Bible says when Boaz saw her, <laughs> now listen, she didn't just leave the spa. She didn't just have her hair and nails done. She's out in the field picking stuff. Her hair probably just as nappy that day, a little dirty. And Boaz says, hold up. Who's that? No, 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 wait. Because the people, the people around said, oh, she's no, don't worry about her. He said, oh, no, she ain't nobody. Because she's about to become mama to the seed of the king. Man, God will use, are you open to God using you? Or are you like Gideon? Well, I'm, I'm nobody. I've really not done anything. I'm from the smallest town, the smallest. Stop that stuff. I want you today to stop all that and get back into the word of God. Because what will happen is it'll start changing the way you think. And the next thing you know, 
you start getting up and you're expecting God to do stuff in your life. And you're not moved by what you see. You're, you're not comparing yourself to other people. Come on, you all. You see, God knew that because of free will, free will, it's a powerful thing, man. And God knew because of it, humanity would have to have a point of reference that truth stems from. Y'all know what that is? It's your Bible. The Bible is not a religious book. It is a spiritual book. And it allows you to see how the other dimension operates. And because you've been created and, and, and designed in your born-again nature to live by faith, faith is the only way that the Bible, a spiritual book, will ever be comprehended by a human. It's the only way you're going to understand it. And it's still layer upon layer, line upon line, that you see these things. Hebrews takes it a step further, talking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. He said that the word that they heard, David didn't profit them because they didn't mix any faith with it. I remember when I was a kid, y'all ever had Kool-Aid without sugar? Oh, only one time, right? That's, na that's some nasty stuff, man. Yeah, you got to mix in some sugar. How about tea? How many, how many sweet tea drinkers we got? The rest of y'all, you're probably from the north, aren't you? No, I, <laughs> no, I drink unsweet tea now if I get it because I'm married to you-know-who. <laughs> no. Right? No sugar for you. Yeah. Now, now you remember when, now, now let's, let's go back. You remember when Jesus showed up giving his final instructions to his first disciples, commissioning them, some worshiped, but others doubted. See, I believe this is God's point in the book of Hebrews. You, you, you got to mix some faith with it. You got to mix some faith with what God's telling you. What's he saying? You got to actually believe it. And you got to step out and do it. When you go back to Jesus' instructions, and he's telling these guys, hey, man, you observe everything I commanded you. It's important that we, we, we really have to approach our discipleship, if you will, this way, with a faith-filled attitude. This is one of the big things I want you guys taking home today. All things, all things, all things are possible to him that does what? believes all things are possible to him that believes you see at some point you have got to draw a line in the sand and make your mind up I believe this not based on what I see I believe what Jesus said regardless of what my situation says I'm not moved by the thing I see but the thing that I don't see because the thing I see is temporary according to the apostle Paul but the thing that I don't see it's eternal I choose to believe what God says. I choose to believe what God says. God says I'm the head and not the tail. God says I'm above only and not beneath. God says I am the healed of the Lord. I am prosperous. I am successful. I am anointed. God says that about you. But I can say it until I'm blue in the face. And it won't do anything for you. You can clap, yeah. I want you saying it when you wake up in the morning and nothing's going right. When your boss calls you in the office and says, uh, I'm going to have to lay you off. You look at him and like, I guess I'm getting a promotion. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is not some fairy tale. You're going to have to believe this stuff. What, what, if you, what if you have to go through a little bit of a struggle? No what ifs. You're going to face struggles, man. So when you go back and you start watching Jesus, 
One of the first things that you see, now remember, let's, let's kind of, because I want to take you through the book of Matthew. This is why Matthew is your homework, because we're going to go, and, and we're not going to do some exhaustive study. Yeah, I would never get done. We're going to be more like a sports center. We're just going to do highlights, you know, and, and go through this. You can do the exhaustive stuff on your own. But one of the first things, and we kind of we introduced this thought last week, one of the first things that you see when you begin to follow Jesus is this, that Jesus got baptized. Huh? You see, when you think about it for a second, you know, he laid his deity aside and became a human. He was the first human born of the Spirit. I'm talking about Jesus. Now, the Christ, the Christ has been always. Are you with me? Christ has always existed. Christ was with, the, with Adam. Christ has always been here. But the man, the son of man, Jesus, was born of a woman named Mary by the Holy Spirit. First one born of the Spirit. How many of y'all born of the Spirit? Hey, which Spirit? Same one Jesus was born of? See, because here's the, here's the, this is the card we play. Yeah, but that was Jesus. You can't play that card no more. After today, you're going to know better. Amen. Jesus was the first. Not only, not only did he have to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. Wasn't Jesus born of the Spirit? Why has he got to be, Billy, why has he got to be filled with it? He's born of it. I'm going to show you. Calm down. In the Gospel of Luke, the Bible says this. When you're looking at the beginning of Jesus' life, the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and favor with God. Robbie, why would Jesus have to grow in favor with God? Isn't Jesus God's son? <laughs> Derek, I'm telling you, I've been watching some of the stuff and the way he, Jesus, the way he changes and does things. He had to grow in all this stuff. Why? Because he was 100% human. I'm not taking any of his godliness away. Absolutely, he is the Christ. But he's not, if he's, if he's just doing this as the Almighty, then we, we can't do that. But as a human born of the Spirit, watch this, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. When, when Jesus had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he, Jesus, saw the Spirit of God Descending down on him, lighting on him. Jesus, can you see? I mean, now remember, be there. Be on the bank. Jesus comes up out of the water now, and the Bible says that he saw heaven open up. And the Holy Spirit came down on him. Huh? You ever think about why the Spirit had to come on Jesus? Same reason he got to come on you. You're a human. He's the first human born of the Spirit. Just like he had to have the Spirit on him, how do we know he had to have the Spirit on him? Not only does the Bible tell us in Matthew that the Spirit came on him, in the Gospel of Luke, when he goes and gets the prophet Isaiah, he quotes Isaiah. He says, hey, guys, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Isn't he Jesus? He says, but this is how it works in a human. I'm showing you the way. He said, I, this is my commission. You go make disciples and you teach them everything I taught you. Y'all okay? Or am I kicking some sacred cows over? 
See, I believe God wants us to have a, a clearer understanding of this. Because when you begin to follow Jesus, Jesus told his, his first disciples, he said, guys, you follow me and I'll make you. Now, I, go, I know he goes on to say, I'll make you fishers of men, but he'll make, you, he'll make you everything he wants you to be if you'll follow him. He'll make you into someone just like him. That's what he meant in John. That's why in the, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus prayed, he said, Father, may they be, they, may they, us, may they be one as we are one. Now, I know you're thinking, yeah, well, I tried some of the stuff Jesus tried one time, Pastor, but it didn't work for me. Well, bless your heart. You're still running around in your pampers, and you think you're going to do what Jesus did. Jesus grew in the things, just like you got to grow in them. Huh? But you can't come get a word on Sunday, and then Monday through Saturday, you're on social media and, and TV land and, and think you're going to grow in the things of God. You're not. It'd be like me trying to run my truck on chocolate milk. I mean, I got some gas in there, Billy, but I'm going to add a little... I might add some chocolate milk, because I like chocolate milk. I'm going to add a little Sprite. I like Sprite. Your truck doesn't run on Sprite. Guess what? Your born-again nature doesn't run on HBO. Come, come on. It doesn't. I know, it's, I know it's pleasing to the flesh. I know getting on social media and joining the gossip group is pleasing to your flesh. When you follow Jesus, man, he, he, really, he really stretches us with some stuff. Here's the thing. The dude gets baptized, and in chapter 4, right away, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. And he gets tempted by the devil. And the dude had been fasting, Rodney, 40 days fasting. I mean, I've, been on, I've fasted before. 40 days? Nope. Pastor, you should try that. I'm not trying that, not unless the Lord tells me to. Uh-uh. I'm eating. Now listen, if the Lord tells you to fast, listen to him, all right? But the enemy comes, and he tempts him. Matthew chapter 4, remember we're going through, the, through Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, 4, Jesus told the devil, because the devil tempted him, you know, if you're God... Turn this bread, or turn this rock into bread. Jesus, Jesus, I love, I love how he, this, now he's teaching. This, he's showing us our first lesson here. No, I, I love, exclamation point. He didn't say, let me pray about it for a second. Maybe, no, no. He said, no. The scripture says, the more older translations, it is written, or we can say it like this, thus says the Lord, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how you're designed to live. The word of God is spiritual nourishment to your soul. And a key point to understand is this, guys, you, when you watch Jesus, he will, always, he will always reference the word, always take you back to that. Something else you need to know about Jesus and when you're following him is this, guys, he didn't start his ministry till after the Holy Spirit came on him. Mm -mm. And the first, thing, what I, the first thing he says is pretty interesting. He tells the people, you repent because the kingdom of heaven's at hand. What, what does he mean? You change what you're doing. This is not, repent is not some religious thing. It just simply means change what you're doing. Change what you're doing. See, I had to repent of French fries. 
Well, I did pretty good until John took me out to lunch the other day, and then I had french fries and onion rings. <laughs> it wasn't my fault it was on the menu. It's called 50-50. I'm like, I get both? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. That was spirit-led right there. But then, still in Matthew 4, Jesus starts recruiting his team. His first dudes was Peter and Andrew, blue-collar workers, man. He didn't go, he didn't say, guys, uh, let me see your uh, education background. What school did you go to? What seminary did you go to? No. He said, hey, come on, follow me. Let's go change the world. And they like, I mean, I still have a hard time. Kate, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this. They just left their business. I guarantee you Peter's wife's like, hey, 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 where are you going with that long-haired dude? Huh? Hold up. I got supper ready. You better be home at 5 o'clock. <laughs> Seriously, guys, this, how real is this stuff to you? So he begins his ministry. He starts recruiting different people to follow him. The dude that's writing this, Matthew, he's an, Matthew is an organized crime boss. In that time, it hit tax collectors. That's what they did. I mean, they were so corrupt. He's a mafia member, man. <laughs> right? We're reading his letter. And as we, as we transition out of chapter 4, listen to this. Verse 23. Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and, Say and. Because we still good at teaching and preaching. But this other part, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Somewhere along the line, that part got kind of swept under the rug. We don't talk about that part of it anymore. But if we're going to follow Jesus, then his fame went throughout all Syria. Now, if you go look at a map, Syria is the northern region of, of Galilee. And so not only was it all over, because people, let me tell you something, man. I've seen it firsthand. When people start getting healed, now I know everybody in this room, at least most of you, you probably know somebody that didn't get healed. I, my mom lives in heaven today. My mom was my age when she went to heaven, Jack. And she wasn't supposed to go. She should still be here. But she's not. I know we've all had people and struggles. I know we all fight different things. But at some point, we're going to have to let the word of God be true. And every man be a liar. Jesus went about teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. You want to know why people were flocking to him everywhere? You let a crippled man get up. Here, here, here was my prayer this weekend for you all. As I'm talking about this stuff, some of y'all are going to get healed right where you sit. Right where you sit. Right where you sit. I'm, I'm, we're not going to have some line. We're not going to do any of that stuff. Nothing wrong with lines. I remember I used to, years ago, I used to do lines, and it was the same people every Sunday in the line. Finally, one day, I said, no, I ain't praying for you. I told the lady. I said, put your hands down, open your eyes, look at me. 
I told her what to do in the Bible. I said, I'm not praying for you again. You're here every Sunday. She got mad at me. If, 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 I, if I was, because the pastor, he did prayer lines. So if, if she saw me getting up, she'd step away from me. Because she, she wanted that emotion thing. It's not an emotion thing, you all. It's a faith thing. Huh? Come on. Teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those that it was God's will to heal, what's it say? Watch this. <laughs> he goes into detail, though. All disease, various diseases and torments, demon-possessed, epileptic, epileptics, paralytics, he healed them. And a great multitude followed him. Yeah, you think? And he starts to minister this way everywhere he goes. And right after this, Jesus is the most famous sermon that he's ever preached. Everybody knows the Sermon on the Mount. This is where he goes. In chapter 4, he just got through healing all the people in that region in Galilee, and he goes up and he begins to, to, to preach the Sermon on the Mount. And in chapters 5, 6, and 7, you can go look at this for yourself because I can, I can tell that my time is almost up. But in these three chapters, 5, 6, and 7, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And I mean, he covers beatitudes. He talks about us being salt and light in the earth. He tells people that he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. <laughs> Danny, he deals with issues like love your enemy. Yeah, that's a good one, Jesus. He says stuff like this, don't worry about your life. Don't judge people. Put the kingdom of heaven above everything else in your life. And then he makes this radical statement at the end. He says, and you build your life on everything that I say. And the, once again, the first thing he does, Derek, the first thing he does when he gets through preaching this sermon is he starts healing people again. If it wasn't God's will for him to heal people, why is he doing it all the time? Jesus, you're getting on my nerves here, man. All this healing stuff. Y'all ever heard this now for today? Well, whoever told you that was a liar. I know you may love them and respect them, they still, or they were confused. I got, I got a couple minutes. So you go into Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, and when he come down off the mountain, what was he doing? He just got through preaching his sermon. A great multitude followed him. Now you've got to understand something. If you look at the region of Galilee and, and, and Syria up in the north and, and, and Jerusalem and Judea and all those down south, and they're all over the place. And they, they, it's not like they could drive. Huh? Couldn't get an Uber. They walked. If you were fortunate enough to have a, a, a donkey. And when he come to the mountain, come, come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him. And behold, watch this, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. If you will, you can. 
And Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me check to see. Let me check with the Father. Now, Jesus is the same yesterday, today. How about tomorrow? The leper said, I know you can if you will. Jesus, I, I can picture him because you got to realize how many people are following him? A great multitude. If you go look at that word multitude, multitude means between 500 and 1,000 people. Great multitude? Who knows? A couple thousand people. So I'm sure the leper not even supposed to be in public. And he comes to Jesus and said, I know you can if you, if you will, man. If you will. I'm sure Jesus is looking around. Everybody said, oh, yeah, watch this. He touched him. And he says, just, just in case y'all are confused, I am willing. If I am willing to him, I am willing to you. Come on, you all. See, we're good at teaching and preaching, Kate. But the healing part, it's time for that to change, y'all. It's time for that to change. And the only way it's going to change is if we have, if we have conversations about it. I believe that's the reason that it's not such a priority in the church today. I'm not blaming any of y'all. It's preacher's fault. I got pastors that pastor churches that are ruled by, uh, well, you know, demon boards. They call them deacon boards, but they're not allowed to preach on certain things. That's unbiblical, man. God didn't call a group of men and say, now you keep an eye on Moses and you tell Moses how to lead. God called Moses up on the mountain, gave Moses the plan. He said, now you go get the people and you teach them how to lead. Yeah. Yeah, that, I'd have a hard time saying, Pastor, you can't talk about that one. Well, here's the thing, I don't talk about it enough. That's why some of y'all choking on it right now. You're used to French fries and onion rings and now you got asparagus. You're like, this is weird, man. Yeah, we're good at teaching and preaching, you know, moral stuff, conduct, how to be successful. You know, Jesus, will, he's your breakthrough. He's the victory. He, yeah, yeah no, he was teaching, preaching, and, say and. Amen. And healing, and healing, and healing. One of the first things that he showed his disciples, the ones that he said, you go teach them everything I taught you, teaching, preaching, and healing. Huh? I wonder what they were supposed to do with that example. So this week, your homework, still in Matthew. So we're going to pick up next Sunday in Matthew chapter 8 because you're going to see the very next story is the centurion soldier comes to Jesus and says, my servant's at home sick. Will you come heal him? What did Jesus say? I will. I will. Say I will. Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, what, this is how God designed this. This is why multitudes follow Jesus, because they were seeing stuff happen. It's time for stuff to start happening in the body of Christ. The reason that the world and the enemy and all that junk is, is, is blowing up so big is because it's time for something to start happening up in here. Yeah? Well, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, just hang around a little bit. I don't know about all of it either. I'm still learning too, but we're going. When you, get, when, when, when you start feeling the healing power working in your body, 
as we go through this stuff. Let somebody know. I can't wait for somebody to, to like, man, it's on me right now. Pastor, I got it. I got it. It's okay. You can interrupt me for that. Yeah. See, when you watch Jesus, man, you, you, can't, you cannot, listen, listen carefully, you cannot follow Jesus through the Gospels and take healing away from it. You can't. You, you can't. You can't. You, I mean, you follow Jesus, I mean, repeatedly, repeatedly. And the Bible says that God shows favoritism or partiality to nobody. If he healed that leper dude, that dude wasn't even born again. Now, we'll get into it a little bit more. So where are y'all going to start in Matthew this week? Chapter 8. You going to do it? All right, Jesus heard you, just so you know. Yeah. Now, before I leave, let me, uh, let me give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. All right? Whether you're watching us right now in your pajamas, with your donut, or you're in this room, and that thought that's rolling around in the back of your head, that's Jesus, man. That's him. He's not going to show up in a class. Not that he can't. He could. You're not going to get a burning bush experience. You're going to have that small little nudge, that little pull on your heart. Hey, yeah, that's me. Come on. Give me a chance. Give Jesus a chance today. If you're in the room, if you're watching, say this simple prayer with us and give him an opportunity to come into your life. And I promise you, one decision at a time, one day at a time, Jesus will take you on a journey. Yeah, you'll have some ups and downs, but you're going to know that you can pillow your head every night with the blessed assurance that he's got you. And should today be your last on the planet? It's graduation day for you. We're still stuck here. We have the wrong perspective about things. Yeah? So let's all pray together. Those of you watching, pray it with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, stop at our information desk. Let somebody know. If you're watching, tell a friend. You got to tell somebody you just gave your life to Christ, man. Let that journey begin for you. Now, everybody else, here's the deal. You all know what happens on the other side of a sermon like this, right? Opportunity. Opportunity awaits some of you before you get out the building to be an expression of Jesus, to walk in love, to teach, to preach. Hey, lay hands on somebody. Don't let that stuff move you. If the Bible said that you could do it, do it. Huh? I'm telling you, we're in store for some things. I believe God is positioning the church. He wants to show off in us. Come on, grandparents. You know how you are with them little kids. Yeah, that's how God is. He's that way with you. He wants to say, Look at that one. Look at, look at, look at, that's mine right there. That's, that's what he wants to say. But we got to be bold enough to step out and fall flat on our face. Amen. Yeah, amen. God bless you all. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.